Welcome to the Totally Transformed Podcast. My name is Lance Borden, and I'm here with my mom, Christian psychologist and author, Dr. Connie Borden. And we wanted to do something timely today with current events. Um, You know, this year we've seen more um, of these mass shootings, uh, senseless, seemingly random acts of violence in our society. And most recently, at least, um, the one that hit closest to home for us was uh, the shooting at the Allen Outlet Mall, which is just uh, really uh, a few miles away from where we sit here today. So not that the other ones didn't hit home. I remember the one that happened in Tennessee just a few weeks before that was really um, significant in my mind just because it was in a Christian school and it, we hadn't really seen a shooting in a Christian school yet, um, to my memory, at least one that was mainstream and well-known. Um, and then this now here local to us here in the Dallas Fort Worth area. So, but the bottom line is wherever it happens, um, violence that takes out people without cause really can impact us. And so we wanted to unpack that and probably do a couple of part series. We'll see how far we get today with it on just how to be equipped or how we can respond to these types of events um, in a way that, you know, doesn't debilitate our lives, um, that, but that is also compassionate and concerned and, um, you know, addressing the issue um, in prayer and asking God how he would have us to pray, etc. So anyway, um, welcome today. Glad you're with us. Uh, we wanted to dive right into this topic. Um, it's a sobering one. And yes. it's one, you know, I, I'll just give my story to that one at the Allen Outlet Mall. We had just been at my son's Little League game in Allen in the same city that morning when that happened. It happened about 3.30, I think 3.36 to be exact in the afternoon. Uh, just maybe a mile or two from that site. You used to live very close to that site. We've certainly been there, shopped there. Um, and then in the afternoon, after we found out what had happened, we realized we were driving by on the highway just about the time that it was going on. So the proximity was unlike any that I've ever experienced, so close to home. And, um, therefore even more sobering that, wow, it's not just something that happened somewhere else. Uh, it's something that is all around us. Yeah. And that type of trauma, uh, particularly in proximity can be very disconcerting. And, uh, the purpose of this series is to show you in the word that it says that, uh, it warns us of terror, and I'll read a verse in just a minute, and um, then we want to bring in some of my um, experience and education from psychology, because we are spirit, we live in a body, and we have a soul. Our soul, with the mind that thinks, imagines, and remembers the will and emotions, we are emotional people. What we set our will to think, imagine, and remember will affect our emotions. So when you're up close and personal, to people that were there that you may know or know of, uh, or you see the pictures coming up between every on every commercial of the victims, and feel so bad that <clears throat> almost an entire family was wiped out except one of their children, their smaller child. Um, it just evokes 
like you said, compassion, but it can evoke some things at the hands of the enemy that the Lord doesn't want to be evoked. So that's why we're doing this. Um, If you were there and you were close and you're not doing well, I uh, totally advocate reaching out to somebody that can counsel you therapy. You can go to drconnie.com, D-O-C-T-O-R-C-O-N-N-I-E.com or contact your pastor or a therapist, um, a fine Christian counselor.com, fine Christian counselor.com. If you put in your zip code, it will bring uh, master levels and doctor level therapists that are in your proximity. It's important to process. It's important to vent how you're feeling and to get an objective perspective. But Luke 21, 26 through 30 says people will faint from terror apprehensive of what is coming on the world for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. This is talking more about the end times, but you may feel like you were shaken by these mass murders. At that time, they will see the son of God coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing nigh. And I think we can fit this trauma or any trauma that you've experienced into that same thing. If you're feeling like you're fainting from terror or apprehensive of what may happen to you in your world or daily world, um, don't be shaken. You can be shaken, but don't be shaken. And some of the things we're going to talk about today will help you not to be shaken, right? Yeah, the suddenness of these types of events is one that shakes you. Yes, yeah. You know, we've lived in a society for hundreds of years now, thanks to the blessing of the Lord, on our nation that was founded on Christian principles to have a society that, you know, benefited from biblical values, has benefited, still benefits from biblical values. We have an open society, a general morality that even if someone isn't serving Jesus or saved, that most people know right from wrong. Um, and so we've lived in somewhat of a, of a, of a bubble, if you will, of safety, you know, where we can, we can go out and do things without concern that we're not going to come back. (laughs) Right. 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 So this is kind of a new framework or paradigm that we're all having to consider. Um, you know, whereas maybe in, in millennia or even centuries before, um, there was less uh, assurance of safety because we they, there weren't the parameters of society, the law, you know, police, fire um, at our, you know, uh, emergent need capable of coming to our rescue that we have here. And so, it you know, and or we, we aren't living in, you know, a society that can be raided by nomads overnight, you know, like maybe people dealt with in the centuries before. You yeah. know, there's just been a protection over us due to, um, I believe, well, it, I think it goes all the way back to the Enlightenment and the Word of God getting into the hands of people that led to the Reformation, that led to the Renaissance, that led to various revivals through the, through the last hundreds of years. And, um, but, but, you know, evil is now being, well, we're seeing evil unmasked more than ever before, especially in this nation. And you can attribute that to a lot of things. Uh, unfortunately, sin in society, which has always been present, but, um, it's more and more prevalent in this society that has been so Christian 
since its beginnings, and we're, we're dealing with the consequences of that. Here's what's exciting, though. Uh, Joshua 1.9 says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good cur- courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Uh, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, verse uh, 6, but on it, or verse 8, you will meditate day and night. And what is exciting is that as Christians, we can be strong, we can have a strong response. It's okay if you have a reaction, because as I said a minute ago, we are emotional beings. Uh, these things can strike fear in your heart, but I call maturity, not that you never react, but how long does it take you to go from a reaction to a response, meaning that you're coping with whatever has been presented to you, and you're coping with it through the Word of God, realizing that we're in the world, but we're not of the world, realizing that God is in control no matter how bleak it may look. And so, you know, if you're not meditating on the word, I think some of these tests that we're going through of insecurity in our USA and some of the things that we're facing, like you said, the word was presented through the Renaissance and uh, those errors and enlightenment so that we could be strong and not just have the leaders of the church be strong and be able to be secure in the truth of the word. But if we don't take advantage of it, then when you face a trauma like the outlet mall, your emotions may get the best of you. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I like the acrostic fear, which stands, or the word fear that can stand for the acrostic false evidence appearing real. And what we're going to talk about next is where do you go in your mind and emotions when something happens to somebody else, even though it's in proximity to you? Mm -hmm. And uh, one, the very first thing that probably, I believe fear is a spirit because that's what 2 Timothy 1, 7 says, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. So fear will rise up when you consider that you could have been at the mall, your children or family or relatives or friends could have been affected. And um, you have to overcome that because, yes, it could have happened to you. But to meditate on the fear that it will happen um, is where the enemy t- tries to take you down another path. Right. And, you know, fear attacks i mean the biggest section of the diagnostic manual of psychology is on anxiety and fear disorders because this is a big way that satan tries to rob you of um you know i've come to give you life and life more abundantly he wants to kill steal and destroy you about fear so when fear about this or did you have any fear or did you put your family in that situation when you heard about it how did you deal with that yeah, well, um, that's a good question. I mean, I think that our first line of defense, anytime we are presented with something like that, when you think, wow, that could have been me, is to see what God's Word says about it. Yeah. You know, first and foremost, for the people that it happened to, it's horrible. Yeah. Right? You can't imagine yeah. what they've gone through, what they went through. Um Ultimately, as we all know, we are only promised today, and um, eternity is what we have to be prepared for. Mm-hmm. So first and foremost, I think we have to have that settled, that if we walk out the door and something heinous happens to us and we pass into eternity, 
we have to be confident that we're going to close our eyes in this world and open it in heaven with Jesus, right? And it's right. it's up to us that the way has been made for us to get to heaven through Jesus Christ and only Jesus Christ. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So if, we've, if we have confessed with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved, John 10, 9 and 10 says. And so having that settled is first and foremost, because I can say, well, yeah, that I guess that could have been me. Uh, but if it had been me, uh, I would be having a great time right now in heaven. And I wouldn't want that to happen to me or my loved ones. And it would be horrible to have to walk through that and the loss that those people are experiencing. And if any of them, if you know them or if you if you are them listening to this, uh, our heart goes out to you. And our, our only thing we can offer is to dive into Jesus in the presence of God because only he can bring you the comfort you need to process such a traumatic, horrible, unexpected loss. But secondly, once that's settled, I think we have to go to God's word. And Psalm 91 actually directly addresses this um, very clearly. It says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. Surely, He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night nor of the arrow that flies by day. They didn't have guns when David wrote this or when this psalm was written. But the arrow that flies by day is the closest thing to what we're talking about, a bullet that flies by day. And it says, you shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness. That could be equated to disease, like what we just went through with COVID. Nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand. If you were there and you survived, but you saw people fall, it, it says, it goes on to say, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling for she, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. And it goes on. So we have to take confidence in what God's promises are there. And I think it's an exhortation though, because it, the, the beginning there that I read in verse one is he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. of the Almighty. So are we taking advantage of what God has given us, which is the capability to dwell with the Lord, spend time with him, enter into the secret place? Because if we are, we can be confident that the Lord is going to watch over us. It's and you, a promise. you can have the very mind of Christ, according to 1 Corinthians 2.16. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to us, but we have the mind of Christ. So uh, living says, who can know the thoughts of the Lord? So I think it goes back to Romans ten seventeen. faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You can read Psalm 91 and it can just be a logos word, meaning it's not a rhema 
to you a revelation. a revelation, but if you keep meditating on it, if you memorize it as we have in our family for the time when you were in uh, deployed to Iraq, um, it becomes truth. You shall know the truth, as you said, and the truth will set you free. And I think that's sometimes where people go wrong because it is a discipline to hide God's word in your heart um, and to know it and for it to come up like that when you were driving by the outlet mall or if you were there or you just escaped uh, that shooting and it could have been you. I think you have to believe that if you believe Psalm 91, that the Lord will be true to that word because he's faithful to his word, right? Right. And I think a lot of people feel like they're just kind of like the people in the world, even as Christians, that they're a, a victim of fate. Like, you know, and I don't believe that. You know, I know it's appointed unto every man to die. Um, and I think I'm either going to die to move into uh, heaven or I'm going to be raptured. In the meantime, I think I can walk, as you just quoted in Psalm 91, under the protection of the Lord. I can ask for that protection around my family or whoever else I want to ask it for. The Bible says we have not because we ask not. You know, seek and you shall find, ask and it shall be given to you, knock and the door shall be open. So I think that's important. Do I feel like if you don't ask every day that you won't be under the protection of the Lord? I don't think this is legalism, but I do think there is a uh, intimacy with the Lord that takes advantages of not only salvations, as you just espoused, but the benefits of salvation. And that's one of them. Well, God responds to our prayers. Yeah. So why wouldn't we make it a habit of asking for him to set a hedge of protection around us and our family members? I really do believe that's important. Um, You know, I've I've been reading in Daniel, the book of Daniel, and, you know, there's the story of when he was fasting and praying for 21 days. Yeah. And when the angel finally gets to him at the end of that 21 days and says he went through spiritual warfare to get to Daniel, uh, he said, the, from the moment you humbled yourself before God and, and made, you know, began praying, I was sent. Yeah. And, you know, there was a delay that Daniel didn't know about. Right. But it just shows that God, when we have humbled ourselves before him and we're putting, you know, rendering our heart before him in humility and, and purity, um, he hears our yes. prayers. Yes, he does. His, in fact, the word says his uh, eyes go to and fro over the earth to see whose hearts are turned toward him. So he notices, he rewards. It's without faith, it's impossible to please him. He's a rewarder of faith. So all those things designate and denote that we have what we ask for when we ask in faith. So I think, you know, I think we can, we can use this, these in events as a wake up call to say, okay, if I haven't been, regularly praying over my family and in my own walk for protection to start doing that, you know, that's a good outcome to learn and to grow in, you know, and not to feel guilty about if you haven't, but to start today. Yeah. It's not condemnation for anyone that's not doing this, or if I'd have done that, uh, what then it's an exhortation today is the first day of the rest of your life. And if you didn't, aren't, weren't aware of this or you didn't know the truth of the word, then this is all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. So the downside of this trauma and these mass murders is the negativity of it. The upside is what do I need to do to be more equipped 
to be more effective against the enemy and for the kingdom of God. So hopefully this will be a help in that way. The second thing that people do that not just when there's a trauma, but just all the time, they compare themselves. Uh, I'm going to read 2 Corinthians 10, 12. For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Our measuring standard should be Jesus Christ, not even ourselves in our Christian walk or other Christians. It should be Jesus Christ. And it certainly shouldn't be a measuring rod. Well, since that happened to those people, therefore that's going to happen to me. Right. Or it could happen to me. Yeah. And that's a very, I mean, comparison not only... uh, you know, addresses this issue. It addresses so much. People compare themselves with other people all the time. If I had this, that, and the other, I'd be happy. Or they have this, that, and the other, therefore they're better. Or I'm not as beautiful, or I'm not this or that and the other. And I feel like this scripture that I memorized one time is so clear that we can't even measure ourselves with ourselves. We have to measure ourselves with Christ and not compare because comparison, I believe, is a huge strategy of the enemy. So I know a lot of people, not that you shouldn't be alert after something that happens, but a lot of people went into a uh, agoraphobic mode, I would call it, and stayed home and wouldn't go out. And, you know, I mean, if you have a, a natural threat, like they picked up a threat, I think, to one of the school districts in Allen. So people kept their kids home or the school said you didn't have to send your kids to school. Okay, because there is such a thing as copycat crime. But I again, just because it happened to someone else, and this is probably a hard one, because I'm sure some of those people that were killed were Christians. And so you can say, well, if that happened to that Christian, that could happen to me. Well, you don't know that Christian. You don't know their heart. You don't know their timeline. You don't know their destiny. You don't know their purpose. Uh, You don't know God's purpose in allowing them to be part of this tragedy. And so it's just futile. Basically, there's no other Lance Bergen Borden on the earth. There's no other Connie Ruth Borden on the earth. There's nobody like you. Right. And so you can't compare, uh, you know, you can't even compare apples with oranges. It's all fruit. But an apple is completely different from an orange. And you can't compare people and what happens and what will happen and what might happen because it happened to someone else. Right? I think we have to be careful not to let our fears carry us away and dwell on them yeah. and let our mind go down the dark downward spiral that it can go on imagining the tragedy happening to us because I think it just gives life. It gives oxygen to those types of evil that want to steal our joy and want, you know, they want, you know, Satan would love for that to happen to all of us, right? He wants to kill, steal and destroy all of us. But I'm reminded of Job, you know, when he, uh, when, when God gave Satan permission to attack him and he lost his children and his, his livestock and and his livelihood and everything all, all at once, he said in Job 325, what I feared has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me. Yeah. And to me, that's always been a lesson of don't give your fear or what would want to be a fear, the life or the opportunity to dwell in your mind um, so that it takes on a life of its own. You know, take your thoughts captive, according to 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, you know, 
Because in obedience he, to Christ. Make your thoughts obedient to Christ. Yeah, the enemy who is the father of lies, three people speaking to you possibly all the time, yourself, the Godhead, and Satan. If you agree with Satan, you're going to be defeated. And so you want to agree with the word or the truth or the Godhead or the mind of Christ. And so, again, emotions are given by God. Fear, anxiety, anger. These are normal emotions. It's not whether you have them, it's whether they have you. And like you so well pointed out just now, you can let your mind go down the road while you're driving on and on and on about what I call irrational fears or psychology calls dysfunctional schemas. They're dysfunctional for you. Or you can flip your brain to think on the word and bring up a verse about safety like Lance just quoted in Psalm 91 and meditate on that, which will be uh, life to your body and your spirit. You'll build yourself up on your most holy face and that word and that faith. And comparison is really futile. It's just futile unless you're comparing yourself with the righteousness and holiness of Christ to be exhorted to move more into that. Um, other people and what's happening in the world with other people can bring you down or it can uh, build you up. And if you let it be a comparison where you're not doing as well, you don't have this or whatever, you're not as smart, you're not as good looking, it will bring you down, which Satan loves. Yeah. We right? were talking about a spirit of fear earlier. Yeah. Second Timothy 1 7 says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So fear never comes from God. Um, it, you know, there's a reverence of fear yeah. of God, yeah. a respect for him, but reverence fear for... of circumstance or fear of evil or fear of disaster doesn't come from God. He instead has given us power, love, uh, uh, says, you know, the inferred, uh, word there is he's given us a spirit of power and a, and a spirit of love and a, and, uh, a spirit of a sound mind. And, you know, these types of fears that we're talking about can make us not have a sound mind. Correct. So that's, you can be confident that God does not want you to walk around in fear. Yes. He wants you to walk around in power and in love and, uh, and having a sound mind. And, and I like Hebrews 4.12 because it says the word is sharper than any two-edged sword separating the spirit from the soul. In other words, the spirit of God comes in when you're saved. That's the truth. That's the truth part of us. But you can you can dwell on the soul part, the mind, the will, and the emotions. But the word separates those two things. It is a two-edged sword. I believe that denotes it kills the enemy or his thoughts, and it does divine surgery in yourself, in your spirit, in your brain, telling you where to go. But it is a choice of your will. We all have free will. And so it's very, very important that, I mean, we're covering three things today, and then next week in the series, we're going to go into the rage of self-pity and some of the uh, sources of this kind of rage that implements this kind of tragedy and travesty on our population. But the third thing, and these three things, I think, are just really at the top of the list that you can have is what's called survival guilt. I never have understood this, but I have had clients that are dealing with it. And that's if you're in a trauma like this or somebody in your family dies early or something happens that you don't like, the person that survives is guilty yeah. and says to themselves, says to themselves, why did that happen to them yeah. and not me? And, and rather than, I mean, I'm thinking, you know, I don't know, I'm not saying I'm exempt from this, but I think if I was in that situation, 
I would say, thank you, Lord, that I'm survived to bring about the purposes of God. Well, I would say someone that maybe has a child die, for example, yeah. would have rather had it been them than their you know child that has their whole life in front of them is, is probably the scenario that some people go through that, right? True. It should have been me. I've already lived my life. They well, there's it. that. But then there's some people that actually feel guilty that somebody was mowed down and they were in the same vicinity and they were not. Yeah. Like you hear about this, like in a plane crash where everybody dies, but two people. Um, again, all these things are attitudes and ideas and lies from the enemy to make you dwell on uh, when, when he takes someone else down through an attack to kill, steal and destroy, make no mistake about it. He wants to take a lot of other people with them, whether it happened to them or not. And so I'm just saying, if you were at the outlet mall that day, or you're a family member that survived or relative aunt, uncle, friend, whatever, I would just exhort you today to praise the Lord, praise the Lord that you are still here to do good in the earth and that you're here to help those people and those family members that are grieving um, and help society in general as to, because that's what we're going to talk about next, where, what is the cause of all this? You know, you hear a lot about, let's take away guns. Well, behind guns are people. And I believe that we understand to a large degree what happens to people that go all the way from hurt to rage to where they want to hurt other people. Um, so just be thankful that your purpose and your timeline, I mean, we don't, unless you commit suicide, which I believe is murdering yourself, you don't get to decide when you die, right. if your life is in the will of the Lord, right? right? He numbers the hairs on your head. He numbers your days, mm -hmm. uh, all that kind of stuff. And so rejoice and don't feel bad, so to speak, that God chose you. I, I can't say that God chose them to die. I think probably the Satan came to kill, steal and destroy. But he did know. Yes, he did know. And, and nonetheless, everything that affects us trickles through the hands of God. So we can't even go into all the reasons how it could have been prevented or why it happened. I don't even go there to someone else and not me because that's comparison again. Yeah. Right. Well, and f the fact of the matter is whether you were there at that moment or nearby or had a bullet go by your head yeah. or were thousands of miles away every day, we should wake up in the morning and realize, God, you've given me another day yes. to live. Yes. There's a thousand ways I could have died yesterday. Correct. <laughs> and you just, you kept me in this world and gave me another chance to make an impact for you for eternity. And I think if we all woke up with that kind of inspiration, it would just completely change how we go about our day. I really don't think, this is my personal opinion, that guilt or shame is of the Holy Spirit. I think the enemy uses those two things when people have sinned or done wrong. But I think what's really of the Holy Spirit is conviction. And if you're convicted by the Holy Spirit, the message, the good message, the gospel, is that you can repent anytime and the blood never loses its power. Ask Jesus to forgive you and it's like you never did it. And so when something is over your head, like guilt or shame or any of these other things we're talking about, fear, um, comparison, you can be sure the enemy's crouching at the door mm. and he's trying to occupy your thoughts. That's good. Right? Really good. Right. All right. Well, we'll continue this next time with uh, part two um, and end it here for now. 
but um, just let's let's pray and just ask the Lord to minister to anybody's hearts that are struggling with this right now and really give them freedom from it. Amen. So Lord, we just lift up everyone listening to the sound of our voice today. Yes, Lord. Lord, for those that uh, were traumatized uh, because they were nearby or involved or knew people that were involved, Lord, we pray for your healing power to Thank envelop you, them and heal their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus and to minister to them peace and joy and a sound mind. I pray also that you'd give them the strength and the ability to take their thoughts captive yes. and make them obedient to Christ, according to 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. Lord, remind them of your word. Give them word, scripture in their Bible reading time to meditate on and memorize, to replace um, thoughts of fear and these other things that we talked about here today. Just minister, we pray in Jesus' name, Jesus by the Holy name. Spirit. Yes. And we thank you for it, Lord, and that that's available to us. And all we have to do is call upon you whenever we feel like we're backed into a corner by fear. We can rebuke it in Jesus' name, and we can turn to you and think on you instead. Yes. yes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And don't forget, you can notify people that don't know about the Totally Transformed podcast of this subject. And... Uh, encourage them if they've been part of this trauma at the Allen Outlet Mall or any other trauma that they're not doing well with how to deal with it. And, uh, you don't even have to figure out what to tell them. You can just say, listen to the podcast. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, you know, let's, let's also lift up the, the victims too right now that are, okay. that are still hurting from this. Yes. Lord, I just lift up right now. Those that, uh, were hurt. And yes. Wounded, Lord, those that lost Jesus. family members, heal and them. friends, Lord, heal, heal them. their hearts. Um, in this time of loss, yes. go to them, Lord, heal them physically, emotionally, yes. and spiritually, and yes, give them Lord. everything they need. Um, I pray that people would rally around them, um, and that they would receive everything they need from you. In yes. Jesus name. Amen. Jesus name. Amen. All right. Well, thank you for joining us today on the totally transformed podcast. We'll continue the series next time.